Well, thank you for being here this morning, and uh, it's good to be back. I want to take your Bibles, go to Acts chapter number 15, if you would, this morning. We're going to start there, Acts chapter number 15. Uh, I've got to admit, um, at home, we are usually dismissed at 11.15. (laughs) Well, it's good to have you today. Let's close in prayer. No, that ain't going to happen. Uh, But it's been good, amen, to be in the house of the Lord. And glad you can come together. I always find it's good to be able to come and just sort of rest a while in church. Now, I don't mean go to sleep. Now, some of you are probably going to do that this morning. And that's okay if you need to do that, all right? Uh, But isn't it good to be able to, on the Lord's Day, just sort of come together and just at least for a little while, relax. And just enjoy the things of God. Don't you find the church should be a haven of rest? Place to come to out of sort of a world of activity. Not all of it bad, many of it good, but we're just a busy people, and uh, I'm so glad that you decided to come today. There's only two places I find that anymore. Number one is church, and number two is at the gas pump. How many remember the days when you had full-serve gas stations? I remember that, all you old people. Wasn't it wonderful? I mean, they used to come to your, and you'd roll down your window, and what would you, oh, fill it up with, uh, you know, SO extra, whatever, and, and they'd wash your windows, and you'd sit in there, and they'd check your oil, and then they'd come, and it was just, now you young people don't know anything about that. But in this day and age, I still do find a time rest gas pump. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying about that? You go to the self-serve gas pump today, uh, is that cash or credit? Cash. If it's credit, insert your card. Card. Please wait. Processing. <sighs> Please wait. Processing. Remove your card. Remove your card. Would you like a car wash? No. Are you a member? Yes. Please enter your member number. Enter. It's so nice and peaceful just standing here at the gas pump. Choose the grade of gas you'd like. Regular. Would you like a receipt? No. How's your day going so far? It was going good. I'm just saying, in the time that we live, don't you find you go, I I spend five minutes answering the questions at the gas pump. I just want gas. Put gas in my car and let me go. But it's a restful. I'm just saying we can find places to rest, but isn't it nice to come to church and enjoy the fellowship and be challenged? It's been good this morning. It really has. Uh, Thank you. Again, the music's been wonderful. Uh, I don't know who I asked, Lori or Judy, that first song the worship team sang... Uh, hope, hope, send that to me. Never heard it before. Awesome song. And uh, whether email or hard copy or something, I would like to get that. That is a great song. Again, I appreciate being here. It's good to be back here and to see so many new faces. I appreciate that. Sorry you got to look at this face, as I said earlier, but we'll make it through together. All right. And God bless you. We're in Acts 15. Let me give you a few thoughts this morning. Really not a preaching message, but more of a teaching message on this thought. Here's the title of my message this morning, Missions Messengers. Missions Messengers. Let's start in Acts chapter number 15. I want to read you verses 36 through 41 as we close out this chapter, and I'll tell you why as we get to Acts 18 in just a moment. Acts 15 and verse 36, some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Now note this phrase, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. 
And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with him, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from another. And here's what happened. Barnabas took Mark and went to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. The reason, again, for the contention between Paul and John Mark, we know a little bit of the history, we're not sure of it all, but that's not what I want to focus in. I want to focus in on verse 40, where Paul got a hold of Silas. They left, and they were going about to the churches to see how they were doing. I believe churches that Paul had planted Uh, souls that had been saved, and they were sort of just doing a little bit more discipling on this trip as well as establishing churches, checking out the brethren, see how they're doing. And so they start here in verse 41. It says, through Syria and Cilicia. Really, this is the beginning of his second missionary journey. We pick up the story in Acts 18, if you would turn there. Acts chapter number 18. Paul and Barnabas going again, checking out the brethren, checking out the churches, Heading out with, again, one another, I should say, Paul and Silas, and seeing what's going on. We pick up the story in Acts chapter number 18, and I want to give you just two thoughts today very quickly. Under the title of missions messengers, you're going to be one of two people. You are going to be the available, or you are going to be the sent or the surrendered. You're going to be the available, or you're going to be the sent or the surrendered. This is the way New Testament missions work. I want to focus in, first of all, on the available. The available. When we think of missionaries and we think of mission messengers, I want you to think of the available. What am I talking about here? Acts 18 and look at verse number 1. And after these things, Paul departed and from Athens came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. I want you to notice here again, very simple, the available. Here is mentioned in these four or five verses, three people with reference to four, available people. Did you notice, first of all, it said concerning Paul, the available, in number, verse number one, he departed. He departed. He headed out on this missionary journey. He was directed to go to Corinth, and there again he did some work. So I just want you to notice, number one, of the available, he departed. That's what missionaries do. That's what the available do. Sometimes they have to pick up and leave wherever home is. Sometimes they are called to a foreign field. Sometimes they're called to a a city to plant a church. But they depart under the call of God as the available to go and do what God has called them to do. Now, that's not what most of us do here sitting in this auditorium today. We do have some. We've met them this morning. They're the available. They said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm ready to go. And they're like Paul going, following their departure to do what God has told them to do. Not only did he depart, did you notice in verse number four, as part of the available, the Bible says he reasoned. 
That's what missionaries do. That's what all of us should do, but that's what missionaries do. They got to go to wherever God has called them to do. They depart, they go, they reason, they talk about the things of Christ, they get established, they perform the ministry. And also in verse number four, did you notice he persuaded? This is part of the ministry of the available. They go, they depart, they reason the gospel of Christ, they persuade people of their need of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice also in verse number five, the Bible says that they testified. This is the work of the available. You remember Saul? He was on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number nine. The Lord said, Saul, Saul. And you remember why he was going to persecute Christians, to put them in prison, to destroy, to kill men and women that named the name of Christ. And on the road to Damascus, he's called and Paul says, Lord, what will thou have me to do? There's the available. What do you want me to do, Lord? What is the call of God upon my life? Lord, here am I. Can I say today, listen to me, gentlemen. Listen to me, ladies. We live in such a day, and I'm not saying it fills the hearts and the minds of Christians, but it can. We live in a day of great self-centeredness, but little Savior sensitivity. Listen to that. We live in a day of great self-centeredness, but little Savior sensitivity. We have many fans of the Lord. We have many spectators, but we don't have many players on the field. They tell me that more missionaries are coming home than are going to the field. They tell me there's more people not planning churches today in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in a Jerusalem, so to speak, spirit than there were or have been in years. It's a sad thing when we think about it. Less preacher boys, less churches being planted. Less missionaries going forth. Less missionaries being sent. We have many fans of the Lord, many spectators, but few players. Even in our local churches today, as I talk with pastors, I thank God that there's great churches still growing and doing exciting things for Christ. But many times I hear them saying, my people will just not commit to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'll, I'll be a volunteer in some respects, and, and I'll do this, and, and, but don't ask me to be committed. I mean, I'll be a fill-in, but don't ask me to commit to teach. Don't ask me to commit to clean. Don't ask me to, don't ask me to be committed to Christ. I'll be a fan. I'll be a spectator. But I'm not going to get on the field and play. Got too many other things to do. I work. I play my sports, I got my hobbies, I got to go fishing, I got to go hunting, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to go here, I got to go shopping, I got, I got all types of things to do. Oh, I'll be a fan of the Lord. I'll be a spectator. But don't expect me to get on the playing field. Folks, I'm saying today we need availability in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need it in our local churches. We need it for more missionaries to be sent. We need the available remember in the Old Testament when Isaiah faced the true and living God in Isaiah chapter number six? And God said from his throne, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Paul said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. Christian, who's going to do it? The laborers are few. But the work is getting greater. 
Souls still need to be saved. Churches need to be planted. Buildings need to be built. Bibles need to be printed. Schools need to be established. Medicine needs to be dispensed. Food needs to be circulated. But who's available? Who's available? Paul was, Acts chapter 9, verse 6. Barnabas was, Acts chapter number 11. We already read about Silas and Timothy. They're available. Acts chapter 18. God has not changed his plan. He has not changed his procedure, and he has not changed his preaching. But the question today is, who is available? I want you to notice with me. We need today men and women, young people, that are available to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. But I'm going to be honest with you today. I know I've been around this stuff long enough now to say I know that's not going to be the norm. And that's not going to be the largest percentage. But for those who may be not available or not called, and by all means, if you're not called, you sure don't want to go. Amen? If you're not called of God, you don't want to make a mistake and do something God doesn't want you to do. So most of us fall into the second category. Missions, messengers. Number one, we need the available. We need them at home, and we need them to go around the world. But number two, we need the surrendered. We need the surrendered. Look at Acts 18 again and share with, and this is where we're going to teach a little bit very quickly this morning, all right? Look at Acts 18 and verse 2. Here's Paul. He's in Corinth, and when he's there, he finds a certain Jew named Aquila and his, uh, his wife Priscilla. They had just moved from Italy in verse 2. Why did they move from Italy? Because Emperor Claudius had put out a decree all Jews were to leave Rome. Get out of here. They didn't want the Jews there. And they had to leave, and they had to move. And this team, this husband and wife, Aquila and Priscilla, end up in Corinth. And the story picks up in verse 3 and says, Because he, speaking of Paul, was of the same craft, he abode with them, and wrought or worked, for by their occupation they were tent makers. So here we pick up the story. First of all, we've seen the available. Paul, Silas, Barnabas, Timotheus. We mentioned Isaiah. The available, here my Lord, send me. We need that. We need it in our local churches. But I want you to notice, secondly, the surrendered. Here's a husband and a wife team. Aquila and Priscilla, they've just moved to Corinth. They got kicked out of Italy by the Roman emperor. And they're in Corinth, and they're applying their trade. They're working. What are they? They're tent makers. And the Bible tells us right here, Paul was of the same trade. Paul is a great evangelist, a great missionary, a great church founder. But to make a living, he worked as a tent maker. And because of that, they found a connection and bond. And here Paul mentioned together with his husband and wife. I want you to notice, listen now, listen. They were sold out to the ministry of the gospel of Christ. They weren't called. Not necessarily even, quote, as we think about it in a full-time way available, but they were surrendered. They were surrendered. Again, they left Italy, I believe, serving the Lord there. And they came to Corinth. They said, what are we going to do? It appears they're a very warm and gracious couple. It puts them in the rank of what we might call missions messengers of the surrendered. Four things I want you to see about these, this couple. And please listen to them because this is where most of you are at today. You're not called in that sense of availability to go across the ocean or around the world or even in our own country. But you're surrendered. You love the Lord. You're saved. Deep in your heart, you want souls to be saved. You want the message to go forth. Well, what can I do? Be surrendered, just like Aquila and Priscilla. 
Note these four things about this wonderful couple. Number one in Acts 18, verse 2 and 3, number one, would you notice this? They housed missionaries. The Bible says that Paul, he abode with them. Did you notice verse 3? They were tent makers. They did the same craft. It gave them a connection. And all it says was Paul abode with them and he made a living or worked out of their home as a tent maker along with them. We don't know much detail about them, but here's essentially what Aquila and Priscilla said. Paul, we're not like you, an evangelist. We're not like you, a missionary. We're not, but we love God. And, And we're not sent to go somewhere, but We're surrendered. And so, Paul, here's what we'll do for you. You stay with us. We'll take care of you. You're a missionary in God's service. We'll help you. We'll love you. Uh, We'll make you three good meals a day. We'll give you a comfortable bed to sleep in. We'll give you a clean shower so you can go on your way refreshed. Uh, Monday nights or Saturday nights, you can even sit down and relax and watch the Corinth Crusaders play the Toronto Argonauts. We'll let you do that. We just want you to know that this is an oasis for you, a haven of rest. We want you to know that in all of your travels, you can sort of call this place home. Folks, that's part of being surrendered. They took care of a missionary. Now, we live in a bit of a different day and age. I understand that. I understand that sometimes, as churches do, put missionaries or guests sometimes up maybe in homes or sometimes in hotels or motels and so on. But the principle is the same. They had a heart to house missionaries. What can we do for you, Paul? For starts, you can stay in our home. And we're going to take care of you. Because you are called of God. You are the available. You are sent. What an incredible story of this couple. Matter of fact, they became so involved in the ministry of Paul that they packed up and traveled with him when he left Corinth to his next step in ministry, that being Ephesus. Look at Acts 18 and look at verse 18. Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while, speaking of Corinth, and then took his leave of the brethren, sailed thence into Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. Now, again, he had a vow that he had taken. We're not going to get into that in the end of verse 18. But then it says in 19, he came to Ephesus and left them there. I don't know what it all involved, but they were so a part of the availability and surrenderedness to Christ, they even helped him along and went with him to Ephesus. What all transpired, we don't know. But friends, all I want to say again is, for most of us here today, we're not called. We're not going anywhere. We're not sent. But are you surrendered? This wonderful couple housed missionaries. But notice number two about this couple. Chapter 18 as well. They heartened the believers. They heartened the believers. Look at Acts 18. Again, as they are in Ephesus. And let's pick up the story in verse number 24. There was a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, mighty in Scripture, And he came to Ephesus. And this man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, but knowing only the baptism of John, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, who when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. This couple are great. They housed missionaries. But number two, they heartened the believers. Again, this is where most of us are at right now. What do we mean here? 
They're in, they're in Ephesus. Again, it seemed possibly they moved there at least for a short time. And while they're there, they hear this young man, Apollos, a very eloquent man, a Jewish man, seemed to be very knowledgeable in the Old Testament, but maybe lacking in New Testament theology and the grace and the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's in the synagogue speaking. It seemed that his doctrine was quite accurate, but yet in some ways deficient concerning Jesus Christ. So what did they do? They graciously took him into their home and expounded, which the Bible says, or explained the way of Christ more perfectly, more adequately. Apollos, listen, here's the fulfillment of Old Testament teaching in this New Testament age. Here's what Christ has done. Here's what the cross provided. Here how grace is so much more fabulous than, quote, the law. Not that the law was wrong, but here's the fulfillment of it. And they expounded and they taught this young man. What I'm trying to say is, very simply, no bad spirit, no sense of public correction or embarrassment of this young man, just a genuine concern as they open their home and give their time to teach a young man in ministry. Just a couple of ordinary tent makers, not called, not sent, but surrendered. What a couple. Here's the third thing I want you to see. I want you to take your Bibles and go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. I want you to notice Aquila and Priscilla this morning. I want you to see that they were surrendered. They housed missionaries. They took care of Paul and I believe others. They heartened believers. They encouraged and strengthened this young man and I'm sure others in the things of Christ. But I want you to see thirdly, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, as Paul closes out the church at Corinth, he mentions this couple again. And here's my third point this morning. They honored a church. They honored a church. What am I talking about? Look at one verse, 1 Corinthians 16, and look at verse number 19. Paul's concluding this epistle, and he says, The churches of Asia salute you. Listen, Aquila and Priscilla salute you in the Lord with the church that is in their house. What a couple. We don't really understand that in this day and age, even though uh, I can remember back in, in the early 70s, mid-70s, when across southern Ontario here, many churches were being planted and started, independent Baptist churches, and some of them began in homes. Some of them began in storefronts. That spirit, that attitude, we don't have a whole lot of that anymore. It still does happen sometimes. But here's the same situation in the early church. Aquila and Priscilla say, hey, we're not sin." We're not called to be missionaries, but we're surrendered. And if the church needs a place to meet, our doors are open. They can meet in our house. I don't know where it was, downstairs, upstairs, somewhere, but they met in the house. Paul says, Aquila and Priscilla, they greet you in the Lord. Listen, with the church that is in their house. Just an ordinary couple of tent makers, but surrendered to the gospel ministry, and they would allow a New Testament church to be established right in their home. What a couple. Great couple. Mentioned in the New Testament so many times. Paul, you need a place to stay? Our house is open. 
Apollos, you need some further instruction in the ministry? Our house is open. Church, you need a place to meet? Our house is open. And finally, let me say this morning, would you note this? Go to Romans chapter number 16. One more time. Romans chapter number 16. And I want you to notice here, they helped missionaries. It broadens a little bit here in Romans 16. They helped missionaries. Again, Paul is giving greetings and review in the last chapter of Romans. And here again in verses number 3 and 4, he includes this incredible couple. Romans 16, look at verse 3. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. But it gets deeper than that. Listen. Who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. What an incredible couple. They're not called to go across the lake. They're not called to go across the ocean or across the city or across the province. They're just surrendered. And here their attitude is simply this. We want to help in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul could personally testify of it. In verse 3, Oh, please say hello to Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. He, 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 he let us know what they helped in. They helped in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an incredible pair. My helpers. And then he says, listen, it even goes better and deeper than that. These two, this husband and wife, they actually almost laid down their life for me. And the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, preacher. They're not sent. They're not called of God to go across somewhere. They're not a missionary. They're not pastors. What? No. But they're surrendered. They're just surrendered. And because they're surrendered over and over again, they are mentioned in the New Testament as to their incredible ministry to the cause of Christ. Just mission-minded, mission-hearted ordinary tent makers, but they love the Lord, and they loved his church, and they loved the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They live by the famous quote we just saw of Jim Elliott. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. My friend, this life is very temporary, very fleeting, very quick. As I've gone around the auditorium to this morning, last night, meeting friends, some I haven't seen for 30, 40 years, and we've said to each other, where did it go? Some of you remember me as a 12-year-old, full-haired, white, blonde kid running around. Sorry about that. <laughs> and now look at Where'd it go? Like the ocean, wave goodbye. Where does it go? Where does time go? It's fleeting. As a matter of fact, James said it's like a vapor. It appears for a little while and vanisheth away. I appreciate Pastor Fury keeping me updated, not in a, a wrong way or a morbid day, way, but just some of the old saints of Bethel, when they pass away and go to heaven, he just sends me a quick little text or an email and says, just want you to know such and such has gone to heaven. Wow, I sit there and I... Sitting at my computer, I go, man, where did that go? Wow, I can't believe it. 
can't believe it. Folks, listen to me. You are not foolish. I am not foolish in giving towards missions because missions is something that is eternal gain. It's eternal gain. It's planting of churches. It's winning of the lost. It's doing the work of God around the world. It's eternal gain. You cannot lose when you give to missions. You cannot lose when you pray for missionaries. And when you give to your church and you pray for your church, it is eternal dividends. You cannot lose. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearst. You can't take it with you. But you can sure send it ahead. You can send it ahead. If you have the heart and the spirit and the mind, if I have the spirit, the heart, and the mind of an Aquila and a Priscilla, they weren't sent. They weren't called. But they were surrendered. Surrendered to the gospel message of Jesus Christ and its saving power. Ordinary tent makers. Just ordinary tent makers. But they housed missionaries They heartened the believers, they honored the church, and they helped the cause of missions. So here's my question this morning as we close. Number one, are you available? Maybe God is speaking to your heart. Young man, young woman, young married couple, even older. God's calling you. Like Paul, like Timothy, like Silas. He's calling. Are you going to answer? Are you available? You say, well, preacher, he's not calling me to go into full-time energy. He's not calling me to... Fine, but are you surrendered? Are you surrendered? Is your heart and mind in such a way like Aquila and Priscilla that says, you know what? I'll do what I can do. I'll be what I can be for the cause of Christ. (laughs) Preacher, I'm just a factory worker. I'm just a salesman. I'm just an athlete. I'm just a student. I'm just a janitor. I'm just a lawyer. I'm just a doctor. I'm just a homemaker. I'm just a farmer. Aquila and Priscilla said, we're we're just tent makers, but we'll be surrendered. Surrendered to the call of God to do and to be what God wants us to be. It's the mandate of missions. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Don't let it slip by. Don't let it pass by. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for the testimony of Aquila and Priscilla. I sure thank for Paul, Silas, Timothy, John Mark, so many others in the New Testament that were available, that said, here am I, Lord, send me. But Lord, that's not the case here in most instances. But can we be surrendered? Maybe today we're just ordinary tent makers. But oh, how God can take us and use us in an incredible and wonderful way if we'll have the heart and the mind and the spirit of this couple from the book of Acts. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here this morning. Let me ask you two questions. Number one, I'm saved. I love the Lord. I believe maybe God is calling me to be a pastor, to be a missionary. I'm not sure. But I want the Lord to know if it is the call of God, I'm available. Like Paul of old. Like Timothy, like others, I'm available. I'm not sure, but I'm available. 
Preacher, would you pray for me that God would show me that in my life if that's the case? Would you raise your hand around the auditorium real quick? Would there be any? Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm available. I'm not sure, but I'm available. All right. So as I said, most of this congregation now falls into the second category. Let me ask you, are you surrendered? Like Aquila and Priscilla. Are you just willing to be used of God? Pray, give, help, house, honor, missionaries in your life. I am willing to be surrendered to help where I can help for the cause of missions in this local church. God has spoke to me today. Would you raise your hand all around the auditorium? I can pray for you today. Raise your hands all around. God bless you so much. Appreciate it. Father, we love you today. And Lord, I pray that we would all, either by being available or surrendered, be active in missions through our local church. And we'll thank you for it.